Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of Visibly Fit. I'm your host, Wendy Pett, and I want to bring a special episode to you today. This is an episode that was actually recorded for my private membership group, but I wanted to share it as a podcast and uh, for you to hear what my friend, Dr. Mike Ronsonsvalli, has to say about stress. He is an expert in this area, and um, I really wanted to let you know that this was recorded a while back, meaning uh, during the early stages of the pandemic, but I still find that this information is so pertinent. So I wanted to bring it to you because stress is always in our lives, right? So it's how do we manage it so it doesn't uh, strangle us. And so Dr. Mike Ronsonsvalli has the, um, the goods on that. And I wanted to give you kind of a rundown of who he is. Not only is he a dear friend, but he is a licensed, licensed psychologist and the founder of the Florida Counseling Centers, which is a, um, a psych- they offer psychological services that uh, serve Central Florida, where he maintains an active clinical practice. And over the course of his career, Dr. Ronsonsvalli has been a serial entrepreneur who has grown and sold behavioral health businesses that creatively respond to the felt need of both individual and corporate clients. Clinically, Dr. Ronsonsvalli has served in a variety of different roles, including CEO, clinical director, business and executive coach, professional speaker, expert witness, and individual and family therapist. Academically, he has authored both professional articles and popular books, including his latest book entitled Stress Relief for Life. That's why I wanted to bring this to you because we need stress relief for life, right? And it is a great book. But Dr. Ronsonsvalli, he earned both a Master of Arts and a Doctor of Psychology in Clinical Psychology from Wheaton College. He completed his predoctoral internship with an emphasis on child, adolescence, and family therapy at, I hope I get this right, Alexian Brothers Medical Center in Chicago, Illinois. Prior to his graduate studies in psychology, Dr. Mike Ronsonsvalli completed seminary training at Samford University's Beeson Divinity School, where he received a Master of Theological Studies. So Dr. Mike has been married to his most amazing, lovely wife, Crystal, since 1998, and they have two sons, Camden and Garrett, and their adorable daughter, um, Isabella Kate. And we just call her Bella, and she is, uh, actually, all those kids are amazing. But I just wanted to give you a little rundown of his bio, and uh, welcome in this 
episode. So take a listen. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. I'm Wendy Pett with Visibly Fit, and thanks for tuning in. Are you stressed right about now? Probably it's um, however many days it's been of quarantine right now because of COVID-19. And I have the perfect person here with us to talk about stress. He wrote a book about stress called Stress Relief for Life. And he's a dear friend of mine. His name is Dr. Mike Ronson's Volley. Um, welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And just thank you because I know so many people have questions about stress. I mean, we're probably at the like heightened uh, well, for some people, <laughs> it's probably more stress than others. But I'd like to talk a little bit about this because you're a psychologist. You're a, a licensed psychologist. You've been doing this for how many years now? A long time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 20? <laughs> 20 years. <A> <laughs> it's hard time. for me to say that, but I have, I've been You're in this field for 20 Mike. years. <laughs> Mike's a friend of mine, so I can say that. But um, <laughs> actually, his father married my husband and I. They're, they're wonderful family friends of ours and his sister. And so I'm so glad that you could just spend a few minutes with us uh, today because stress is a big deal. Um, this is something that, that I share a lot with my clients uh, and patients, but, but stress is really kind of that, that underlying thing that tends to, um, I mean, you know, go to addiction, whether it's drugs, food, um, doing nothing, right? Just having a sedentary, go into a cave kind of addiction. There's all kinds of different addictions. We know that. But stress is kind of that underlying thing that no one really talks about. So let's talk yeah. about it. Well, stress takes a stealth-like toll on our bodies, on our minds, on our spirits. It really does have this incredible way of kind of invading every part of our life. And if we don't know how to address it and how to deal with it, it can have devastating effects upon every part of who we are. So yeah, I'm happy to sit with you today and talk about how to deal with stress. Because I'll tell you what, Wendy, this is one of the most stressful seasons that I can ever remember personally yeah. and professionally. Yeah, I would say that the majority of people watching would say that. I mean, this is an unprecedented time. Most people haven't lived this long to see this uh, kind of thing happen um, in this country and in this world. And so stress is a big deal. And we're all maybe stressing about something different. I think we all have different levels of stress. Stress is normal, right? But right. it's how do you manage that stress so that your stress doesn't manage you and manage to ultimately kill you? I mean, if we're to yes. get real, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what I really want you to dive into, especially during this um, isolation time. And, you know, people's jobs may be at risk right now. I mean, they're not working. They're stressed because they're not stressed. How weird is that? But right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have anything to do. I mean, there's yeah. so many different layers of stress. And maybe just being at home with their spouse and their kids, that's a whole different level of stress they're not used to. So mm -hmm. how how does someone just first of all I, I mean I, I do a lot of things of like deep breathing and and of course of course walking and working out and all those things and eating properly but but on a psychologist um, tell us just kind of the 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 knowledge that you have re regarding stress and how it actually accumulates basically probably right it, it probably is is a accumulation of stress and how to break yeah. that stress down so let me, let me, I'll start with a, a story that I think a lot of people will identify with uh, during Corona time. That's what I've been calling it around corona the house. Time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was walking through our grocery store the other day 
And I started to notice firsthand some of the pictures that we've been seeing in the newspaper and, and online, these empty shelves just walking through and seeing no toilet paper and no paper towels. And I went to get a cut of meat. I wanted to grill a steak. Couldn't find the cut of meat that I wanted. Isn't that awful? I mean, these are first world problems, right? But I, I, I laughed about it and I thought it was funny. And then I, I recognized, wait, this is getting real for me. They're like this is the more I walked through and the more I couldn't find what I was looking for, I started to feel this this stuff going on inside my body. My heart rate was up a little bit. I was tightening I was, of chest. Yeah, just kind of tightening a little tenser than, than normal. And it hit me that what was happening inside of my brain and in my body was that stereotypical stress response in the brain and in the body. And it starts in the brain because we perceive, you, you look at that shelf and it's empty. Or you wake up in the morning and you see your husband or your wife at home or your kids home all day. Just the things and that yeah, shouldn't teenagers? be. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my world right now. My wife has become a homeschooler. Right. Oh, that's a whole nother cool. interview. Yeah. Um, so we see these things and our brain goes into this characteristic mode. The amygdala turns on. It's the size of an almond. The frontal lobe turns off. The frontal lobe is judgment reasoning, uh, if then contingencies, if I do this now, this happens later. If I make this choice right now, tomorrow, I'm going to have to deal with these consequences. All that executive function goes out the window and our, our amygdala has hijacked our brain. So we're all living like teenagers. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) We are. We're living, we're living in fear threat. What consequence? What? What? (laughs) (laughs) And that's why, you know, you see, people see toilet paper at the grocery store and they're like, I'm going to buy 50 rolls. I'm going to buy a hundred rolls, whatever I can get a hold of because they're not really thinking with their frontal lobe. Scarcity mentality. Girl size brain Hmm. that is not used to making those kinds of choices. So that part of our brain, the amygdala releases adrenaline and cortisol flows through our entire bloodstream. Pretty soon those characteristic physiological responses start to happen right? So my, my chest got tight, my stomach was hurting. That's all adrenaline and cortisol in our body. Right. That is stress. Stress is in us. It's not out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that stress, it, it turns on those inflammatory receptors, right? In our body. And when we have inflammation in the body, it leads to disease and dis-ease, just even if it's just an, an acute uh, kind of short-term disease or long-term disease. And that's, that's the, the bigger issue. And so I think a lot of times people are stressed and don't even realize it. Like they just keep pushing it back like, ah, I can handle this or I work best under pressure kind of mindset, right? When really, do you? I don't know. Probably not. Um, that's just an excuse so that they can procrastinate. But And I've been there, so I get it. So that's why I can say it. But what I'm saying is um, stress, especially during this time, um, some people are acting like this, it's no big deal. They're handling it really well, or so they think they are. Um, are they really? I mean, I think that some people obviously have, they won the cortical lottery. You know, they won yeah. like they were born into this world with a, a less reactive brain. Yeah. Um, so the, the research would say about 20% of people tend to not be reactive to, to most situations mm. in this characteristic stress, stress response. The other 80% of us 
are, are going to be stressed out right now. So it, most people, the overwhelming majority of people in this coronavirus environment that we're living in under quarantine are going to naturally just feel a little bit more pressure and stress or press, pressure and stress than, than other folks. Um, so if you're not experiencing that and you typically experience anxiety and stress, you're probably just in denial. It's just a little bit too much going on for you to be able to integrate that into your experience. And so we're really good at that as humans when we get really overwhelmed and just kind of compartmentalize it. I don't want to feel like this thing has power over me, so I'm just going to pretend it's not real. Right. Or they live in the mountains somewhere and they haven't heard a thing about it and they're really not stressed. (laughs) Right. Right. I guess that's possible. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, But you know, I think with this time, I mean, most people are stressed. And so from, from, you know, younger children, even because they're not doing their normal daily routine and routine is actually great for all of us, uh, no matter our age and stage, but, um, but children, and then into adolescent years, they really need that structure. And so when that structure isn't there, um, they may think, Hey, this is cool. I don't have school. Um, but really they're, they're probably a little stressed as well. They're not seeing their friends. They're not, I mean, they're more of a generation of being, uh, you know, on their phones and having the tech thing, but they still are used to hanging around their buddies and, and being able to kind of come and go and have, um, you know, different sports and different outlets. And so if there's not an outlet, how can, um, maybe a younger person de-stress and kind of release that, um, and, and how can an adult, a parent, teach them and train them as they're going through this tough, tough time? Yeah. You know, that's a that's a great question, Wendy. Because typically, what we want to do to relieve our stress is not really stress relieving. It doesn't relax us, right? So a lot of times, I'll hear people say, "I was stressed out, uh, so I I watched a great movie." Uh, well. A movie, if it's if it's good by virtue of it being good, means it's going to activate us in some way. It's going to activate emotion. Or some kids, I hear this a lot. What do you do when you're when you're stressed out? I play video games. Well, if it's a good video game, it's going to elicit some of that stress response that we're talking about because it's engaging. It's it's stimulating us. If we're a parent and we want to help our kids learn how to calm that amygdala down and turn the frontal lobe back on. Mm-hmm. It's got to start with very clear relaxation strategies. So um, progressive relaxation is something that I teach lots of my clients in the, in the clinical office. I'll sit with them. I'll teach them how to put one hand on their chest, one hand on their stomach and breathe out of their diaphragm and leave this hand on their chest really like still. A baby. If you're, what's that? Like, just like a baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's, how, that's how we're, we're born into this world breathing. And so if we, can, if we can teach our kids how to just breathe deeply, calm down, be present in this moment, that ha- has a stress-busting effect that calms the amygdala down. It turns the frontal lobe on. Another thing that a lot of people attach to, especially people of faith, is the idea of contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. So in the scripture, you know, the, the scripture talks about hiding the word in your heart, just kind of mm-hmm. taking it a part of scripture and just getting it inside your head and your heart and just trusting it. That works tremendously. All the secular researchers, uh, whether it's Harvard or Yale or Oxford, 
are recognizing that contemplative prayer works to calm the brain down as good as any strategy. Uh So if you want to practice contemplative prayer, what you do is you just take a a verse of scripture, one that you attach to and that's meaningful to you, and you just allow yourself to focus on that little piece of the word. So for me, I'll say, God, you've promised me a peace that passes all understanding. God, I'm just going to, I trust your peace right now. I'm going to rest in your peace. And I just, I'll focus on the peace of God. I'll try to visualize just God kind of wrapping me up in his arms and just enveloping me. And, and that kind of contemplative prayer will calm your brain and your body down. So there's some little tricks of the trade that we can teach our kids and we can teach ourselves actually that really work. Yeah. You know, um, I was uh, on a podcast the other day and someone asked me what I do during prayer time. I said, some of the best prayer moments I've ever had are when I've had a scripture verse that I'm really just praying and meditating on. And I lay flat on my back and arms just open, like, like fully, you know, just, I don't know, just here I am, right? (laughs) It's vulnerable is what it is. And um, I just, it's amazing how you just, that peace washes over me and it may not work for everybody, but man, I can just hear and feel God's presence in a different way and hear Mm -hmm. what he wants to share with me. And so when we are even in a certain um, physical way, it can help to, to relieve that stress. So I love that. Um, What about, I know you deal a lot to, um, I had mentioned earlier about uh, how stress can cause some addiction um, kind of things to come up in people's lives, whether it's alcohol or drugs or just addictive uh, nature and shopping. Maybe people are doing a lot of, you know, QVC right now, whatever, because they're, that makes them feel good, right? It, it yeah. releases that dopamine reward, uh, you know, uh, uh, hormone, and um, it's just being released in serotonin and it just makes you feel good. But then ultimately, it doesn't relieve the stress. You end up with a credit card bill in the mail and then you have a different level of stress. And so yeah. how do you work with people as it pertains to addiction and stress, especially during this time? Because they say that liquor sales are way up. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's one of the essential businesses in Florida. I don't know about in Minnesota, but the yeah. ABC liquors are open and ready for business. They didn't shut that right one down. <laughs> so here's how I talk to people about this. When you mention dopamine in the brain, you're talking about the feel-good chemical in your brain. And so think about it like this. When I perceive a situation as stressful, my amygdala lights up, my frontal lobe shuts down, I start to feel all that physical stuff in my body. I'm looking for a way to get away from that feeling. I just don't want to feel it, right? As humans, we avoid stimuli right? like that. So it makes perfect sense that if I pick up a high fat, high sugar food. I'm going to eat that probably large quantities of that in order to that moment it in that moment, that dopamine is the very thing I need to calm my body down. Chemically it's working. Mm -hmm. And that goes the same, you know, it's the same thing for vodka or wine or um, shopping. You know, Amazon is, is I'm, I'm sure people are blowing up that Amazon app as we speak because it works really well short term. Mm -hmm. But the issue is that over time, if we're using things outside of ourselves to calm our brain down and to turn this amygdala off, what we're really doing is we're making ourselves dependent upon those things 
to manage our stress. And that's the recipe for addiction. We do a, we do a full on partial hospitalization program down in Florida, focusing on addiction. And the entire program is based on the idea of addiction as an emotional regulation problem. Yeah. People are, when you're addicted to food, you don't have a problem with food. You have a problem with regulating your emotion and regulating your stress. So if we can teach you to regulate your stress and regulate your emotion, the need for that compulsive food intake goes away automatically. Yes. Oh, yes. You're speaking my language. Yes. And I, I love that you, you are, I mean, this is what you do for a living, but you're so passionate about it too. And, and it is all faith-based. And so I love that about you and uh, your practice. Um, but it is a, um, it's not just like you said, it's not just a physical issue. It, it's definitely mind, body, spirit, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. all those components and emotional. Um, and yeah. it's how do you manage all of those? So you become, instead of so up and down that you become a little more like this. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have those moments, those little blips because life happens, but how do yeah. you manage it in a way that's healthy and, and to release that dopamine in a new way and to create a new habit. So, so maybe it, it's going out for a, a walk or a run, right. And, and right. creating a new habit instead of reaching for the candy bar bag of chips. Um, and you're going to feel better about yourself later anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but it's really just rewiring the mind as well. Right. And so what would you say to someone listening right now that, that couldn't, they can't make it to Florida, um, but they, they are having some issues and they really maybe are embarrassed about it, or they don't even are really, maybe they're not really fully acknowledging it until after they are listening to this. Right. And they're like, wow, maybe, maybe I do have an issue there. What would you say their first step would be to, um, to change that regulation of their, of their stress um, processing? So I might surprise you with this answer, Wendy. Um, the first step in regulating emotion is to accept it. Most of the time, as humans, we run. We just do not want to feel the yeah. negative emotion. It's painful, right. So the first step is to start to be honest with yourself about the reality that you are chronically stressed or you are feeling down or I am anxious. And the minute that we can begin to, to be real about what's going on inside of us is the minute we have the power to start to address it. The more we embrace denial, the more we kind of push it into the darkness, the more power it has over us. The, the minute we can say, I'm going to shine light on dark places, I'm going to let myself be real and honest with me is the minute we can begin to start to execute some of the strategies that we've already talked about today. So if we can acknowledge our emotion, then we can say, okay, let me, let me get my, my amygdala turned off. So I'm going to start regularly practicing some relaxation. I'm going to regularly practice contemplative prayer. Then once our brain is kind of calmed down, we can begin to attack in the battleground of our mind. And we begin, we can begin to say, okay, wait, what are the negative thoughts that create stress and anxiety in my life? What, what actually starts the process of going from that frontal lobe to my amygdala? And, and we can, I, what I'll guarantee most people will find is a tendency to either con- want to control people, want to control themselves, mm-hmm. or want to control outcomes. Most of the time, our negative emotion 
comes right back to this self-centered desire to, to control the things that we don't have a lot, a lot of control over. Right. People want now, certainty. What's that? People tend to want certainty in their life. And so that's where that control yeah. comes in, right? It's like, and I, doesn't I need it make to be sense certain, that, but nothing is really certain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, especially in this world that we're living in right now. Right. I mean, yeah. who would have thought four weeks ago that there'd be, you know, 5% of the plane of the airline volume that there was last year at this time, who would have thought that you couldn't go to the store and buy food when you wanted it? No one. So we're in a moment, we're in a season that is totally thoroughly uncertain. Yeah. And that uncertainty kind of really strikes to our core, that, that core of control, yeah. right? So if we want to we want to fix the stress and the anxiety and the stress eating and the addictions long-term, we've got to allow ourselves to look directly at that part of us that wants to control the outcomes. And, and the long-term solution is surrender. Like how do we surrender yes. to a God that's bigger than we are? You got it. How do we surrender our our lives to him in such a way that we can say, God, all things are for you. All things are through you. All things are to you. My life is just an act of sacrifice as unto you. And I'm going to do my best today. And God, I'm going to trust you with whatever happens next. That's a peaceful way to go through life. That is beautiful. And so true, right? It's a full on surrender. Um, It's, it's the acknowledging it's as horrible as this time is. uh, Dr. Mike, is such a great opportunity, such a great opportunity for individuals to get healed and whole, right? Yeah. If they, like you said, if they acknowledge and really are, are, are going to be vulnerable and, and, and humiliated in a way that can change their life and thus mm-hmm. create a ripple effect to those around them. But also um, this world, I mean, not just this country, but this world, what an opportunity for us to switch gears and put the light on what really isn't right and, um, and snuff out that darkness. So it's, it's so good. Um, last but not least, um, what is um, maybe just a, a, a final word or a prayer that maybe you'd like to say for someone that's dealing with that, that constant anxiety and stress and fear and, and all of that, even though they know, right? I mean, yeah. we know they got to bridge the gap, right? But yeah. how do they do that? How they bridge the gap. The scripture is very clear on this. The Bible says that we're transformed when we renew our minds. Second Corinthians says we've got to take our thoughts captive mm-hmm. and make them obedient to Christ. Philippians said, whatsoever things are pure and holy and honest and just, if there's virtue or praise, do what? Think on these things. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I mean, how powerful is that? Like the idea that the very substance of who we are is contingent upon what goes on minute by minute, moment by moment in our mind. So if somebody is at a, at a crisis moment in their life, if you're, if you're watching this video and you feel just desperate and scared and overwhelmed, my encouragement to you is focus on the battleground of your mind, allow yourself to say, I'm going to identify the negative thoughts, the hopeless thoughts, the fear thoughts, write them down, get a piece of paper, write them down, take 10 minutes, 
get them all out. That's the part where I was saying, just be honest with yourself about what you're feeling. Then once you have those thoughts down on a piece of paper, I want you to look at that paper and I want you to write hope in big letters. And then I want you to say, okay, God, I choose hope. I come against the, the enemy who wants to convince me that it's hopeless. I, want, I come against the enemy's tactics to convince me the future is bleak and that things are never going to be the same. And I'm going to choose in the battleground of my mind to trust that the one who spoke the world into existence is not surprised by anything that's happening in my life right here, right now. And I'm going to choose that he can go before me and prepare my way. And that ultimately I'm going to be able to look back one day and say, man, look what God did. Look what God did. And it wasn't me. It was him. Amen. And Wendy, if we, if people that are listening to this today and watching it, if you and I can begin to em- embrace hope and the hope that God is with us and he's for us, look, there's nothing that's insurmountable. There's right. no coronavirus. There's no, there's no process going on in your family and your marriage with your kids, all the stress that's happening. There's nothing that's beyond the grip of God's grace in your life that can abolish and abort the hope and his plan that he has for your future. Think on these things. Amen. Well, that's a wrap. Um, That's an incredible way to end this program um, because that's just it. God is bigger and he is sovereign. So um, Dr. Mike, thank you so very much for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your friendship. And um, where can people go to get your book on stress relief for life? So if you just go to my website, drmikeroncisvalley.com. And that's R-O-N-S-I-S-V-A-L-L-E. That is it. That's very good, Wendy. (laughs) Got it. I got it. I used to win those spelling bees. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Bless you, my friend. Thank you so very much. And anyone that is watching and uh, listening and really needs some additional um, support, help, you know, comment on this video. We would love to interact with you here. Um, Reach out to either one of us through our websites. We are here for you and we are here to um, encourage you and, and give you hope. Give you hope. You do have a great future in Christ. So bless you, my friends. And thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wendy. Take care. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.